Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening. I'm sure by this introduction, you know it's Chantel here. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hello. 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 How are we? Good. I'm happy. Yeah. I have nothing to complain about. And that's a good thing. I'm nice, very, nice. very happy. Rach? Yeah, I'm good. I'm actually really good today. This is a good day. Honestly, like, I can't believe it. Like, negative Nancy herself said, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm happy. So, who's negative Nancy? Yeah, I knew she was going to come in. <laughs> I will leave this podcast, you know, I don't give a rat. I'm sorry, what was your name, Nancy? Where was... Can I just, can I just open the episode? How fring- okay. friggin' rude is that? I will leave this, I leave this episode. I'm screaming. You see, I thought I was just saying like negative Nancy generally as an aura in the universe, not oh, anybody. Generally as an aura in the universe. Oh my goodness. No, she was referring to that. Yeah, Thank like... you. And I want you to take it back on the podcast. I'm not even joking. I said I retracted about my business. I said I retracted my statement. Okay, thank you very I much. I Re- greatly appreciated. The official retraction. All right. <laughs> I'm glad we're all well. Thank you. You didn't and ask me, do nice... Oh, we don't want to know. We don't want to know. It's all right. Uh-uh. I'm blessed no. in the city. <laughs> I'm blessed in the field. <laughs> That's Connor, how yes. are you? As I said, I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the fields, nice. blessed where nice. I come and where I go. <laughs> yes, amen to whichever God you pray to. <laughs> So now I will actually say, hello, listeners. Welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. If you know us, you know by now that um, this is a safe space. So we share openly and honestly, and we're all friends here. Um, It's Mm. season five, episode four, and today's episode is called Minding Your Business, an issue that I hold very dear to my heart, and it's actually... I guess one of the main aims of this podcast in terms of looking after women's well-being. Um, so I would like to introduce our guest today, Adele. Adele, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. So um, as I've said, today's episode is focusing on well-being and I guess we've done a lot around well-being, but particularly what Adele hasn't told you as yet is she is a therapist, albeit in training, she is a therapist. And so given given the year that we've had, um, I just wanted to bring to light again some of the statistics that we, or the headlines that we have previously spoken about, but have been exacerbated by COVID-19. So we already know just generally as a headline that the mental health um, institution is largely overrepresented by black and brown people. Um, We also know that black people are less likely to access help from from these services because of the stigma that is attached. Um, But more pertinent to the workplace is since COVID-19, it's been reported across several reputable platforms, namely um, the TUC, so a major trade union in the UK, Harvard Business Review, 
um, as well as a McKinsey report, that women have suffered more significantly than their male counterparts and black women more than their white female counterparts. Um, I would say like the headlines that, that stood out was the fact that black women are more likely to be employed in insecure roles. And given that this was a highly insecure time, the Harvard Business Report reported that anxiety over, lay, over layoffs and furlough had risen. 28% of those people who they um, surveyed had reported burnout and 21% had reported stress over childcare or, um, and the health of a loved one. Um, I think this is compounded by all the things that we typically talk about anyway, in terms of black women being um, feeling less secure in the workplace, um, feeling more likely to experience discrimination, racism, um, and not feeling like they're able to show weakness in the workplace. I know that we speak this, we spoke this season already about flexibility, but um, the, the the Harvard Business Report also says that stress, a main cause of stress has been that there's been a lack of flexibility around returning to work, something that we spoke about in our first episode. So I'm really excited um, to have uh, an actual therapist here to discuss um, her insights or um, Adele, Adele's insights and take on what having clients, what working with black women has looked like over the last year and potentially what she believes it could look like as she progresses through her career. So before we delve into that, Adele, I'm aware that you have recently pivoted into um, the mental health sector and it would be interesting to briefly hear um, what took you down this route? Mm. Well, I just want to say that I'm... I am happy to be on this podcast, especially um, to discuss this topic because it, as you said, it's close to your heart and same for me. Um, I am a trainee therapist. We call ourselves counselling therapists or therapeutic counsellors. Um, and yes, I did transition. I transitioned from events management, so hospitality, the conference world um, but I've always had an interest in mental health well-being uh, mindfulness and self-care so I knew I wanted to go down that route whether it would be workshops working with children or going into schools working with secondary school children or families as a unit um, I knew that I wanted to do something that made a difference and an impact, especially in the black community. Um, the reason I transitioned later in my career um, was because my mum passed. My mum passed away in 2017 and that took a toll on my mental health and my siblings and the family as a unit um, and what I saw in my own grief and with my siblings was that we didn't know how to manage. We had no idea how to manage and we didn't know or didn't necessarily want to use the resources outside to go through the process. So for me that was my turning point and I said you know what something's got to give 
because mm. as black people in the community therapy is not something that we speak about mental health issues it's not spoken about as openly and I said you know what um, we're not going to do that in my family mm. especially with something something so big and so major um, and I, I saw I saw how it affected especially the younger ones and I didn't want that to continue where we know that we can access resources we can access help but it's just taking that leap of faith and actually saying do you know what I need a helping hand I'm struggling this is difficult instead of having this persona as I'm strong I can do everything I, I'm, I'm not grieving I'm not you know I, I'm not getting it's not getting me down when that's that's not living in your truth mm. so yeah it it's um it, it's a topic that's really really near and dear to me and as you said the impact of COVID-19 as well especially on women in the workplace there needs to be so much more accessible help we're, we're going to come to that um a, a later on in our conversation thank you for sharing so honestly um mm. and you know i'm sure that your story is probably one that resonates with many of our listeners and you know we've had previous guests such as Amida who works in life insurance whose work was very much directed by grief mm-hmm. um you know I, I i think i think a number of us here as hosts have also experienced grief and we and we've handled it in different ways and we speak about the need to rest and the need to take time off but we haven't quite touched on therapy we you know we speak about taking time off sick leave um i mean ladies please chime in what is the reluctance amongst black women to access therapy do we think do you know what i don't think it's it's a reluctance amongst black women because i feel like i have therapy regularly i've had it for the last few years but i feel like it's something i've been openly able to talk to my friends about my mum's actually training as well to be a therapist so I can't let my mum be my therapist because that's just madness. <laughs> and she'll just upset me. Do you know what I mean? Like one time she was trying to, I was upset about something and she's talking to me. I was like, mum, this is not therapy practice. I'm your daughter. So then, <laughs> then we decided to put to some... <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, and then we put some boundaries. My mum was like, you don't understand. I can't switch off. Like you said, Adele. But um, I talk to my friends all the time about, about my therapist. To be fair, I talk about my therapist like she's my friend. So, But I chat my business a lot so maybe I'm I'm the exception to the rule but um I feel like more black women especially in my friendship group are so much more open specifically if they can get access to the right therapist for them to actually have those conversations about the fact that they are having therapy yeah I do I I mean I'd like to agree I do agree but I feel like maybe that is something that's generational and yeah, I was just yeah, going to say that. Definitely. I was, I was yeah. literally just going to say that because, like, I feel like generationally, um, our families may or may not have encouraged us to go for therapy and they might not have done it themselves. So, therefore, they wouldn't recommend us to go and do it if it's something mm-hmm. that we was thinking about. Like, I feel like my grandma at this stage, she might now say it based on 
what's happening and how things have changed. But ages ago, she might not have recommended that for me. So I think it is a generational thing, definitely. And also, I think there's also the intersection of like people's religious beliefs as well, because mm-hmm. people that come from strong faith backgrounds, there's also the element of therapy. What's that? Good is your therapist. Pray about it and it'll go away. Mm-hmm. So there's also the element, I think, with the generations that are older than us. But I agree with Nats in the sense that nowadays people are talking about therapy to the point I'm sick of hearing people talk about their therapist. I'm like, just keep it to yourself. I don't need to know what your therapist told my you. Therapist That's between says, you and your... My therapist says, Do you know what I mean? I'm to my exactly and it's like they're, offering, they're putting this information well this is my rebuke for you they're putting the information out there and i'm like that advice is tailored specifically to you based on your experiences based on what you're going through stop just putting it out there or it's not even it's do you know what it is it's not that they're putting the information out there i feel like it's almost become like a clout kind of thing like just to say oh what my therapist is telling me about and that really annoys me maybe i'm perceiving it wrong but it just feels like sometimes people are just saying it for saying saying it's sake because now therapy is kind of cool with our generation and everyone should be in therapy and if you're not in therapy why aren't you in therapy there's many reasons why people aren't in therapy but um yeah i would say the attitudes towards it are changing now and i would say that actually in terms of across the pond like the americans i would say have been on this ish from time like i would always remember they'll be talking about therapists therapists i said kidney therapists what therapists why is everybody having therapy over there what's going on but now it's kind of come to us over in the uk and now we're all like i got a therapist my therapist my therapist i don't have a therapist i think i think i'm gonna have one (laughs) i think that contributes to again some of some of the maybe reluctance isn't the right word but the idea that like yes having a therapist seemed like a very american thing to do Mm. um and so culturally not just even as black women but as black british women it wasn't necessarily something that is within the the british culture as a Mm-hmm. yeah standard i have a therapist but there's also the idea and i think like this um trickles into one one of the stats that i read around you know a major point of stress for black women in the workplace has been that they are more likely to be employed in insecure job roles and we can't go around the fact that therapy comes at a cost mm-hmm. so there's also this status element in that you know if you have a therapist yeah, for yeah. some end it's, it's quite a luxury to be able to financially afford absolutely to have that in your life as well yeah absolutely like a lot of cheap some people a lot of the people that i know that are accessing it is through not necessarily through private as in them seeking it out maybe it's through you know work um health insurance those kind of things like i don't actually know a lot of people who are forking out their own money in full for therapy or if they are they're kind of waiting till they have enough to kind of access it i think that's kind of where i'm at the moment like i know i want to do it at some point but i actually have to prioritize it financially and Mm. i guess i'm just not Mm. really there yet i'm just gonna be honest i'm just like yeah hey i'll do it at some point or whatever do you know what i mean so yeah you're completely right like finances and things like that do play an element and also the accessibility or to therapists that we know will understand our actual given experience because also i think 
you know, maybe five to ten years ago, there weren't actually a lot of black Asian minority mm. therapists and mm. um, yeah. the people that we often feel that we can relate to more. And some of us might feel uncomfortable kind of sitting down there with someone who doesn't have any understanding of our experience. And of course, we're living in a country where there is that underlying tinge of um racism to be honest with you and then mm. some if you're sitting in front of someone who's literally kind of gaslighting you about your experiences but they're now a therapist i mean all the damage that that can do is just it's just kind of wild but you know thankfully now more people such as adele are, and natalie's mom are qualifying and i think that's gonna make things so much better um in the future for a lot of people who want to access therapy mm. can i just add as well you know, there's this apprehensive feeling about the stigma attached to being in therapy many, many years ago, where if you have a therapist or even if you, you know, when you used to watch those films in, like you said, in the American culture, a lot of the people, they're going to psychologists and they're being sectioned or they're Mm. deemed as crazy. Mm -hmm. And for us to have that in our community it's like you're shunned yeah there's something wrong with you so there is that hesitation in wanting to access it but as you said it's expensive and that's for me that's the sad thing about it why is therapy so expensive I think I can understand why it's expensive. Like, I wouldn't even ever say that it should not be as expensive as it is because what the work that you guys do is actually phenomenal. And I sometimes wonder who's the therapist to the therapists, therapists because the information that you're taking in from so many people, like, where do you even put all of that? Because I can just imagine the the scope of all kinds of maybe even proper horrific things that people are going through so i don't actually have any beef with the cost of therapy but i do think the way that people access it or are able to access it needs to be revolution revolutionized so that it is more democratic in a sense or easier for people of all kind of socio-economic status to access it I'm going to come back to that point, Tolls, but I just wanted to pick up on one of your previous. So, Adele, um, as you've entered the um, world of therapy, in terms of client base, and I know that you are part of a very specific training program, but as a client, as looking at the sort of client base, how would you describe it in terms of demographics? Do you feel that like black women accessing therapy are equally footed? against um, any other group. And um, the second part to my question was in in terms of uh, what Tolls had referred to is you being a black female therapist, how important do you see relatability in terms of you being the person that does this work for black women to feel comfortable um, in accessing? Is that an important factor? Mm, it is. I'll start off with this one because it is so important Um, for me in particular when I was looking for my therapist I wanted a black therapist because I wanted that relatability and as I went into it it was are they gonna are they gonna understand how I speak are they gonna understand my experience if I don't have a black therapist are they gonna judge me because we've come from 
the work experience, the schools where you're 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 the odd one out. Well, I'm the odd one out because I went to private school, and that's there were about six of us in my year, and two of those, three of those actually, were my cousins. So for me, it was such a major thing to go into this particular training program that cater to the black community because the majority of my clients are black, black women. I've got two older women who are black. I've had a younger client who, I think she was about 26, young black female. And they have said, it's like talking to a professional friend, which mm. is so necessary. Mm-hmm. If I could pause you there, there's a part of me yeah, that feels like that has, I agree, but there's a part of me that feels that has a placebo effect because if that's the right phrase to use in this um, context, because like my therapist is a brown man, he's an Asian man. Mm. And to be fair, like I felt like that was a healthy balance for me. Like I actually... At first thought, I thought I wanted a black female. And then I thought, but that could equally carry just as much judgment, maybe in a different Mm. sense, but just Mm -hmm. as much judgment. So I felt like a brown man was, sorry, sorry for the the phrasing. I mean, the Asian man, I don't know if he's Asian, really. He could be Indian. And this is my point. It was a healthy balance. To be fair, I know nothing about him. He could have been adopted into a white family he could care not for the culture. True. He could know nothing. But it's almost like this silent comforting factor because you are of a culture, I feel like you will have a better understanding. But mm-hmm. does he? Does he? Does he really? Do you know what? Yeah, I think it's not necessarily required for everybody to seek out a therapist that is exactly like them. I think Mm. the important thing is just being able to have the choice because I'm kind of like you in a sense that as long as a person kind of understands my cultural experience and background, I'm not really too fast and I actually said I hadn't had therapy before but actually I just remembered that I did although it was a bit different it was cognitive behavioral therapy but I mean that therapist was well actually I don't know but from the sound of his voice he sounded like a white man but he was a fantastic therapist anyway as well so for me personally I think in terms of accessing therapy would I deliberately seek out a black female therapist at this point yes in terms of this kind of therapy initially um at least because I just feel yeah yeah I just feel I'd know my my lived experiences more it's not so much about the color of someone's skin for me it's about do you understand the community and certain kinds of things because if you don't then you might interpret things I say or experiences I've had kind of incorrectly can I can I add to that Mm -hmm. when I first started and like I said I was looking for a black therapist I found my first therapist she was black and that's where I felt the most judged Mm. that's actually where I felt the most judged and I had to I had to take a step back and I had to say to myself what's going on here is this is this how it's going to be with every single therapist that I I go to or is this her delivery or Mm. is this just how we are 
And I thought, no, <laughs> it's not. But that's where I felt the most judged. And I moved on from her. And funny enough, the second therapist that I had, she was Chinese. She was, um, she was a sweet lady, really, really sweet. And she would ask me questions where I didn't feel judged, but I felt, I felt safe to share. And I thought, wow, this is different, you know? Mm -hmm. I've never, I mean, I've never really sat with an, an Asian woman or someone of a different culture in this way where I'm being so open and honest and we're talking about really intimate stuff and felt comfortable doing so. So when you say, you know, how important is it? It, it off the bat, you know, you think that, Yes, you want someone to be, well, relatable, but also you want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. So I think Great. to add to that as well, you have, you, what my tutor said to me, finding a therapist is like finding a good man, really <laughs> and truly, <laughs> because you're going to have to go, you're going to have to go through a few of them to find mm. the good match. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. It's not easy, but we as therapists we practice non-judgmental behaviors we have to be empathetic and it's a skill that you can develop but you also have to have that intrinsic you know intrinsic value and this innate quality in you which some mm -hmm. people just don't have and that's across the board male female black white asian sure. whatever they may be I think that's probably what the issue is in terms of why people are trying to seek, um, let's, you know, let's call it black female therapist or black male therapist. It's because there is that lack in therapy in general. Like, I don't think anyone would have a problem with um, a Caucasian therapist or therapist of a different race if there had been that kind of um the correct attitude in general but i think it's because a lot of people have had a lot of negative experiences with therapists who aren't of their racial demographic when it comes to black people then we're now at this point where the default is okay let me try my people first <laughs> and see how that go before i start branching out i mean i can't I really need to say, I feel like it's such a luxury to have you here as a, as a therapist, as a black woman working, but also the insights of hearing not just the journey of a therapist, but some a therapist who's been through therapy mm -hmm. is just mind-blowing. But centering the conversation back around work, how much do workplace issues come up um, in the therapy sphere? Is it even something that is sort of on the curriculum, as it were? absolutely the majority of my clients talk about it wow and is it is it the issue yeah. is it the issues that you know we've spoken about across the the across this platform such as the experience of microaggressions stress sisterhood or lack of please share give us some insight yeah yeah all of it <laughs> all of it and you know I'm I'm working with low uh, service level clients, which is basically, um, you know, anxiety, um, high stress levels, depression, relationship issues and stuff like that. So we haven't gone into the deeper traumatic um, levels as yet, but these issues that they're bringing, 
a lot of it is centered around the workplace and them dealing with managers who are it feels like bullying that's what I've heard a lot of this feels like bullying and I don't know what to do am I going crazy Mm. you know or Mm. I'm so overwhelmed and the burnout is too much for me but I can't I can't stop working because of x y and z you know um I see it so much I see especially the older clients in higher positions it's shocking how you know they they're they're coming to me it's look it's it's as though I'm seeing a child Hmm. everyone's truth is their truth and it's for you to listen and unpick what they bring to the table but yeah um this whole idea of like us second second guessing what's happening at work is it me am i go am mm. i you know for one of a better phrase based on the episode but am i going mad here um but how easy is it to separate and and is it necessary to separate i mean you can unpick my question like people's perceptions of their reality versus their actual reality like what they feel they're experiencing versus what they're actually experiencing mm. I mean, it's important, and what I try to do is, I hear you, you know, I hear what's happening for you, and I understand your experience, I'm hearing your experience, but let's, let's step aside from that and look at it, because it, you know, as a whole, it is what it is, this is happening to you, and we're not going to deny that, but the thing is, how do we manage it? because some of them, they've got mortgages to pay. They're not just gonna up and quit their job because they're they're being bullied at work or they're being put under so much pressure, but they have to find a way to manage this. And that's kind of where I come in to, you know, work with the coping mechanisms, how to not necessarily respond in a way where they can understand but you 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 as the as the manager or whoever it is that they're dealing with you have to have some sort of empathy for your staff and your employees mm-hmm. i mean that leads me on to um the point around like the eurocentrism eurocentrism mm-hmm. in in the mental health sector and so like I do want you to share with us and 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 um, Black Women Working Team, please, Nats, Rach, do share what have been some of your mental health wins when dealing with work, especially in relation to therapy. But for you as a Black woman working in this sector, mm. what does it... Let me try and phrase this question. Like, what does it feel like to know sort of theoretically the routes that you should be channeling people down in terms of this is what you could be doing, this is what they're experiencing. But knowing that it comes from a very Eurocentric lens, like how do you merge your your own being as a black woman, black woman in your world of work? 
Ooh, that's so tough. That's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> is it even possible? Because we talk about relatability. So, you know, it's all very well not feeling like, okay, I've got someone who I feel like I can relate to sitting in front of me. But you're also a trained professional and trained in this realm. Can you actually deliver what, not you personally, but mm. in this sector, can you deliver what black women need? Mm. Um, or is there a separation between, you know, what you would see as as right as a black therapist versus what the books are telling therapists to do do you know what mm. there it is possible it is possible and that's being congruent which is one of the things that we actually have to demonstrate you have to be true to yourself so in a way yes i, I can bring adele and share her experience or share her with my clients because that's that's the real that's the real of it however it still is a professional setting and i i can't give too much Mm -hmm. if you know if if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i can't give too much of myself because then i'm taken away from my client for one because this is their experience but also from everything that i've learned all the practice or all the the theory that's that's only a small portion of therapy that's 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 just the foundation hmm interesting um ladies anything in particular resonating with you I, it feels very pensive here <laughs> yeah because i feel like it's a it's a serious it's a serious subject because ultimately we, we, we've spoken a lot about how work makes us feel, but a lot, a lot of the time we're popping off, so we're like, oh, Babylon this, Babylon that, you know, these people are trash if I see them on road. But like... <laughs> All right, that's all right, come back, come back. No, no, but I'm explaining, but that's that's the type of, especially Rachel, I'm not calling you out, you know, I, like, you know what I'm trying to say, like, we're very, like, firm wow. about... No, but let me land. We're very firm about when we feel anger or when we feel mm-hmm. frustration. Mm-hmm. But when it talks about like the actual negative impacts it's having on you and how it impacts you emotionally, your your confidence and how you feel and how you view yourself. And like I, I've actually changed therapist recently and my new therapist, I went to talk to her about one thing. And as usual, she's like, no, no, we need to talk about, you know, something else. And it. it a lot of our self-worth is kind of wrapped up in how we perform at work and our experiences of work because obviously we work we have professions there's always a blend and understanding that part of your identity is your career whether or not you know people manage it different ways but the idea of being good at your job and being reaffirmed in in the environment that you spend most of your working mm-hmm. life in whether you're working from home or working from the office is very very important and i think it takes mm-hmm. a really strong person to be spending 35 to 40 hours in an environment that is not helpful not healthy for you mentally or physically where mm-hmm. you are stressed where you are being bullied and then come home and be around your friends and be around your family acting like nothing is happening mm-hmm. and sometimes we have put these coping mechanisms, this is what I'm learning through my own therapies, that we have these really unhealthy coping mechanisms in place to reaffirm ourselves or or possibly to kind of block out what we're experiencing that have an overlapping, you know, impact on our relationships with our 
our romantic partners, with our parents, with our siblings. And so for me, my experience of therapy, I feel like I've been quite lucky because I've had two therapists and I've never ever felt judged and I've told them madness. But, you know, therapy has opened my eyes to be like, a lot of the things that I was doing for the years where I'm like, I'm just coping or I'm just getting on with it, are actually not healthy for me. And so that's a whole now undoing process of unlearning behaviours that I've been doing, I've learned to protect myself, I would say for the last 10 to 15 years. Because when I was 16, I left my school and went to Latimer, which was an all white school. So even that in and of itself, going from a normal comprehensive to a grammar school, that was the beginning, not necessarily of my working life, but of a major shift in my education life and how I felt about myself and my confidence and my identity, which has rolled out through university, going to LSE, being around majority white people, going into a corporate world, again, being around these very similar middle-class affluent white people full-time. So it's a, it's a, a lot to think about and a lot to process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Nat. That's a really valuable contribution. Proper. Mm. Yeah, I, mean... I definitely agree. I definitely agree with Nat on that one. It is a lot to think about when you're thinking about going into all of these things and therapy and all. It's just a lot to think about because I've actually thought about going into it, but I keep chickening out. I don't know why. Um, I just keep chickening out from taking that step to go into therapy. And it's a lot of reasons I would say why, but I think more so it's because it's going into the unknown and being vulnerable. And I think that plays a big part in a lot of reasons why people don't do it. I, I, I'm in the information and guidance sector. And when I talk to people about, oh, have you spoke, do you want to speak to the counsellor? Do you want to go to the therapist? They give me similar reasons as to why they don't. And I think that's kind of why I haven't either. Yeah, and I think, like, when I was researching, one of the things that came up on the, the Google search was, will my will my employer know if I'm in therapy? Me, I don't care. I will tell the employer myself. But I was surprised to even see that that was a question of sort of reservation mm. around the issue. And whilst a lot of our topics across the platform have been, like, you know, obviously directly linked to... Um, our workplace experience you know it's like on one hand I'm just leaning into Natalie's point on identity on one hand we can talk about actually is work having such an impact on your mental health that this is something that you need help with or are there other aspects of your life be it relationships or childhood trauma or whatever grief that you need therapy for that will actually make work a more pleasurable Mm -hmm. experience so there's sort of a a back and a front to it because we are whole beings every every part of us is entwined and sort of interconnected um but as i said as i opened the episode one of our primary aims is to work to protect the well-being mental physical emotional of black women in the workplace and um this is why this conversation is so important and adele i can't wait to, to reconnect again when you're further down the line and and gain some more insights on, on what you've learned and what you've seen and what you've experienced on this journey. Um, you know, it's been a really fruitful conversation and we are coming to a point where we need to start wrapping up. But 
given some of the things we spoke about in terms of maybe reluctancies to access therapy, um, sort of limitations in terms of access, what Rachel has just said about the whole idea of being vulnerable. I mean, what advice would you give for a black woman working who's considering therapy but not quite sure as one point? And then from a therapy point of view, do you have any tips or advice on things that we can be doing to make sure we're protecting our mental well-being at work? Um, yeah, advice. <laughs> do you know what? I'm not even, we're not trained to give advice. That's what I say. <laughs> but it, in this particular um, scenario, I would say if there is some reluctancy in doing it, you have to kind of take a step back and think about why. What, what's blocking me um, because as Rachel said it is about being vulnerable you are sharing your yourself your being with a stranger you know and you have to feel safe and comfortable to do that but also you have to think about unlearning the patterns that you've been living with because there's a whole other side of you that you will learn about when you go into therapy. When you when you get to that point where you are sitting with yourself in silence and reflecting, that's a whole that's a whole different side of growth that a lot of people are afraid to tap into, and that's vulnerable. Um, I'd say also to take that little step maybe start journaling just mindful mindfulness techniques you know taking a walk reflecting that's that's where i started um and it helps a great deal before you before you take that step into you know going to find a therapist and sitting with somebody you have to be able to sit with yourself and i know that that actually might sound cliche but that's the truth of it. You have to be able I'm a, to sit I'm with I'm a yourself. complete advocate for bibliotherapy, the, the <laughs> act of reading, reading, writing and storytelling for therapeutic purposes, honestly. I'm a the walker. Whole I love huh? it. I said, I'm a walker. Yeah. As nice. in going outside and walking and thinking. I think that's good in terms of like, you have time to ruminate on things, but also it gives you those vital endorphins as well to kind of just motivate you in a very uh, biological sense within your body. Agreed, agreed completely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as, as we come to a close the episode, um, I would love for Adele to share, you know, the the network that you have how because you did mention that your organization particularly aims or reaches out to black women or people of color so please do share that but i just want to remind our listeners you know in the same way um as part of i'm gonna get this one wrong as part <laughs> as part of season three um i think it was episode seven you're the only one that remembers these things know, so there's no one to verify it or not verify our, it our, our, <laughs> in the same way that when we spoke with amida about getting life insurance about it's not just about securing the bag it's about protecting the bag but i strongly strongly from a personal perspective 
would say that therapy is one of those things that if we're going to invest our money somewhere in terms mm-hmm. of investing in ourselves, you know, when I decided um, that I was going to take on therapy, I had to look at like all the other things that I'm spending my working money on. Oh, you'll go and buy a 500 pound week. Oh, you will find money for holiday. Oh, 500 pound week? Not what me, else? could never. <laughs> 
as well as our previous episodes. If you're new to us and, and would like to catch up, head over to www.blackwomenworking.com. Um, on that note, actually, Adele, do you have a social media um, a social media link that you'd like to share with us as well? I don't. I'm. It's in the works. All <laughs> it's right. In the works. When it comes about, let us know. Yes, watch so the we space. can plug you. Um, so that's the end of this episode. Oh dear. Oh, sad things. <laughs> no, it's not sad. It's not sad to talk about therapies. No, to come to the end of the episode. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry yeah, right. exactly. You jumped the gun. <laughs> listen, you. Yes. Hi. Hello. Do you have beef online? <laughs> We're gonna have to go to therapy. Not very black women working ish. You know. <laughs> we should do group counselling session, guys. <laughs> I'm over laughing <laughs> into a therapy session. well Adele thank you so much for joining us and as I said earlier it just feels like an absolute luxury to Mm. be able to really delve into and hear even on the surface level for the short time we had the experience Mm. of a therapist because of course we don't actually get that interaction with our own therapist Um, so it's been wonderful having you here thank you for reaching out thank Um, you And ladies, as always, thank you for your contributions. Thank you to all our listeners. And as always, we do say, tell a friend to tell a friend. And I mean that, like, tell a friend. Do you know what, yeah, my chest is getting high because I always feel a little bit surprised (laughs) when someone reaches out to us and they're like, no, we haven't listened. I'm like, say what? You haven't listened yet. I thought everybody was listening to this podcast, but you know, we have a way to go (laughs) and we have metrics to meet for the growth so tell a friend to tell a friend and with that said until next time love and light look after yourselves ciao adios guys thank you bye